going to go ahead and get started. I want to first uh, announce uh, a, a young man who uh, has just recently returned from his first year at Urshan Bible College. Yeah, yeah, for real. They, you'll know who he is. They accepted him. He's a talented individual, and he has a hunger for God's word and a passion for people. He is faithful to the house of God and dedicated to the work of God. Would you please welcome to this pulpit, Petru de la Garza. Praise the Lord, church. Get my little timer out before I get kicked out of this pulpit. Well, I definitely do want to give a thank you to my parents and my family coming out, my neighbors coming out, and obviously... Sean and Pastor Kyle for allowing me this opportunity. But I'm just going to jump right into the word. Um, I'll be turning our attention to Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4. Very popular, popular scripture, as all scripture is, however. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless thee that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And so Abram departed. Say departed. As the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed from Haran. Now I did go to Urshan, and in Urshan you read a lot of commentary. So I created my own commentary in my head. I named it Petrus Urshan Commentary. And over the first four verses right here, I want to interpret what I believe is said. Hey, Abram, get out from where you are. I want to make something of you. And if I could, for the next couple moments, I'd like to speak on this title, Move Now. You may be seated. As we begin to read this scripture in this uh, Genesis chapter 12, we see two movements of enlightenment. The first was a revelation. The second was a response. Or, in other words, a statement of faith and a step in faith. First, the statement of faith is seen in verses 1 through 3. The Lord speaks to Abram and says, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. Get out from where you are. I want to make something of you. Then he says, I'll make a great nation out of you. I'll bless you. I'll make thy name great, and you shall be a blessing. And then he says, I'll bless them that bless thee. And if anybody comes against you, I'll curse them. I'm going to get real pumped up real quick. The word of God broke through Abram and broke through darkness and into pierced Abraham's soul. The second part is the response and the step in faith. So Abram departed. Some of the three of the most important words I believe in the Bible. So Abram departed. He didn't think about what the Lord said. He just went. Abraham hears the word of God and immediately departed. Through the words God spoke to Abraham, he found a pathway to faith. Let me let you know tonight, friend, that you and I have both found our pathway to faith. When we stepped into this church, we stepped into this altar, we repented of our sins, we ended up in a baptismal tank, and God filled us with the spirit. That's the step of faith. That's the initiation of faith. But it doesn't stop there. We've got to continue moving. (laughs) 
Abraham believed so heavily on what God spoke to him, he departed from Haran. With many stumble, he knew that he didn't know what was going to happen, but he knew that there would be situations where he stumbles and falls. Moments of triumph, with, one, with moments of defeat, with mountaintop experiences with God, but also times in the valley. With stops and starts, and moment with, moments filled with confidence. The next filled with confusion. Abraham set out to live life in a new dimension, a new perspective. He set out not to live by what he felt, or see, or could think, but by faith. Let me point something out from the outset of this story. Abram did not know that he'd become the father of many nations. He did not know that he'd have his name changed from Abram to Abraham. He did not know that he would have a son, even though his wife Sarah could not conceive a son. He did not know that he'd have descendants as numerous as the stars. God have mercy. Abram left Haran with the motivation and the determination that he believed what God had spoken to him. And I believe there's a very powerful statement in this first four verses of Abraham's call. God is wanting us to move. He wants us to continue moving. Even though we might not know everything, just keep moving in God and watch what he does in your life. We say Abram is this father of faith and he was this great guy that trusted God. But Abram does not become this great guy and father of faith if he does not move. Watch this, watch this. I want to stand here and tell you and motivate you that I'm not staying here any longer. I'm moving where God wants me to move. I made up in my mind that this world will not hold me down any longer. The situation in my life cannot keep me down much longer. I'm moving in a different perspective. I'm moving in a different lens. I'm moving in a lens God wants me to move in. I'm I'm, I'm in a position. I'm going to please God. And what what I do to please God is through faith. Here, watch this, watch this, watch this. Pastor Kyle, come here. I want to use you, even though you use me all the time. I will. Maybe. When you step into church, here, I'll play God, and you play me. You're not as good looking as me, though. When you get the Holy Ghost, God introduces himself to you. He introduces his nature to you. And when you step into this place and you receive a spirit, he takes a hold of you and says, now watch what I can do with you. Continue walking with me. Watch the blessings I'll show you. Watch what I'll do in your life. Watch what happens when you decide to trust me and give everything to me. Even though you may not know what's going on, continue to walk with me and watch the miracles, signs, and wonders I do in your life. To continue walking in, in, in faith, though, uh, Brother Sapp, you've, you've nailed it in my brain. I can't get over it. Knowing God. That's why Second Peter says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him. Be- I'm sorry. I need a drink. Grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. I want to let you know that faith requires knowledge, a continue steadfast pursuit of God. But here's why I love Abram. You know why? He never stopped moving. We read how Abram dwelt. He pitched his tent. He made altars unto the Lord. Abraham was so confident. Watch this. He was so confident in what he had heard from God that he didn't have to tell. He didn't have to know the future. He didn't have to have the full picture. He just believed what God said, and he pressed on. My God. God is wanting us to walk how Abraham walked. I might not know everything right now, but that's all right. I might not have it all together right now, but the one who is is watching over me. He's protecting me. He's guiding me. He's teaching me. 
Can I remind somebody tonight that you are a, that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Watch, watch, watch. There's a principle in that last part. Who called us out of darkness. Listen, when two and a half years ago, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know this church stuff. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know which pew to sit on. I didn't know any of this stuff. But God stepped into my life where I was at. I wasn't perfect and I didn't have to be perfect for God to use me and for God to touch me. I gave up something that I thought was eternal. Something that I thought was going to pursue that I was going to pursue and make a lot of money. But God said, oh no, wait my friend. I've got something better. And when he grabbed me, I just walked with him. And he's brought me to a place where I'm happy. He's brought me to a church that I love. He's brought me to a calling that I want to pursue with all my might. My jacket's about to come off. Wherefore seeing, Hebrews 12 verses 1 through 2. Wherefore seeing we also are encompassed by with such great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him and during the cross despising the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Petrus Urson commentary. When I read this, I can't help but think of my man Luke. My man Luke's got no, his motor never stops. His gas light never turns on. He just keeps on running. He could run from here to Urson three, three days max. He just keeps on running. I didn't know you two and a half years ago when you went to Disney and ran like what, 600 miles in eight hours? Oh, 26, whatever, close enough. But here, here's the principle. Faith is not a 100-yard dash. Faith is not a sprint one time around the track. No, my friend. Faith is, the, the race of faith is a marathon. Faith is not a one-time experience of God. It's a lifetime commitment with God. It requires a daily dependence on him, on his character, on his knowledge, on his teachings. The, the eternal mind, the, the carnal mindset is quick and easy. But the spiritual mindset and understanding is I've got to take this lap by lap. It might not know what I'm going through right now, but I've got to continue taking lap after lap after lap. Here's my point. Some situations may come that we may not agree with, we may not understand, we may not know how we're going to get through it. But listen. Yes, sir, th three minutes. But I want to let you know something, encourage you with something. Mark 4, 35-41. Jesus just finished speaking about the parables, and they're about to go on the ship, and the storm comes and stuff, right? Watch the words of the master. And the same day, verse 35, when the evening has come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Can I let you know right now that every situation in your life God has ordained. And since he's ordained it, he's already seen the end from the beginning. He knows that you're going to come through it. He knows that you're going to come through it. He knows that you're going to come through it. Every step in my life is a faith builder in God. Whether it's good or bad, the lap is... A <laughs> My faith has to grow by the lap. Sometimes I may feel like I'm crawling and I don't know how I'm going to push through. But just keep pushing because the lap is important with God. It's not a 100-yard dash. It's a lap. It's a race. Faith is an eternal thing. Faith is not something that is an experience. But it's a life commitment with God. 
Don't put your faith in the storm. Put your faith in God because the storm come and go. God is still the same forever and always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What an awesome word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Wow. Bible college. <laughs> that was awesome. All right. Well, I, um, I don't want to hold any more. I want to go ahead at this time. Our next minister is none other than our middle school youth leader. He and his wife have done such an awesome job and have greatly been impacting this church, this uh, next generation of young people. Although they are both uh, just a wealth of knowledge and they have all the credentials and you'd never know it. They're so down to earth. They're just awesome people. And uh, so I don't want to hold any more, but this is a man of God I would call my friend. Would you please welcome at this time Brother Keith Faircloth. Tough act to follow. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll just get right to it. Perfect. 745, so I know it's stop at 8. Great. All right, so um, I'm going to go, I'm going to start with um, a Hebrews chapter 11, verses 35 through 40. All right. So it starts, women receive their dead, raised to life again. And others, remember that, and others, say and others, All right. were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. And others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. And this verse right here kind of stuck out to me, 38, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without should not be made perfect. That, that they without us should not be made perfect. All right, so if I had to, well, if I had to, I'm going to. And I, I call this, when I was studying, I called it and others. All right, and others. All right, and so you may be seated. So in the beginning of chapter um, 11 in Hebrews, it starts talking about faith, what faith is, you know. Faith is the substance of um, things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it starts then going into talking about the heroes of faith, right, the, the ones we all know about. We know about the Abrahams who Petru just talked about. We know about Noah. We know about Gideon and Samson and, and, and all these heroes of faith that we hear about and we, we jump about and we clap about and we run in the aisles about, right? But then not too often do we hear about the others, right, the and others, right? Okay, and I just want to take a brief moment just to just give you guys a, just let you know where this, this really came from, right? You know, I, I went to the doctors last week and because my shoulder was hurting, my shoulder, my knee, my heel, my ankle, I was all torn up, right? So I went to the doctors, right, and he, you know, and being I'm 32 years old, and he took an x-ray of my shoulder. And, you know, he, he did all the tests and everything, and then he said, well, come out here for a second. I want to show you something. So he had the x-ray up, and I'm looking at my shoulder, and I look, and I'm no doctor, but I know it doesn't look good. But then, 
But then he says, you know, I, you, does your shoulder always look like this? I said, I guess so. He said, if I didn't see you in that room, and if I didn't know this x-ray came from you, I would have thought that this is a shoulder of a 70-year-old man, right? And, you know, I kind of we laugh about it now, but at that time, being 32 years old, someone who likes to be active, likes to get around, likes to do stuff, that was like a blow to the chest. I mean, that, you, you, you couldn't have hit me harder. Because this isn't just some random person. Say, this is an expert who's been studying medicine for years and years and years. Right? So I left out of there feeling just hurt. The heart just really hurt. You know, because I'm like, God, I prayed about this. You know, I prayed, you know, and I really wanted, you know, I, I just believed you to heal it. And it's not healed. And this is what's going on. And so I was angry with God. I was angry with God. And, but the next day, you know, I told God, I said, you know, God, I'm angry with you, but I still love you. You know, I don't understand what's going on, but I still love you, you know. And, and, and no matter what, whether you answer the prayer or not, I still love you. And, um, and, and then God started pouring this into me. He started pouring this into me. He brought me to Hebrew. He said, I want you to read this. Look at the others, right? I'm going to review some of them, right? They said, they said they were stoned, they were tempted, slain with the stone, the stone, um, the sword, walking around in sheepskins and goatskins, being des I mean, and then it didn't stop when it didn't, before it didn't stop with the heroes. It didn't say that, oh, and the world was not worthy of the heroes, of the conquerors, of the of the David's tearing, you know, you know, conquering lands, you know. It didn't say the world wasn't worthy of them. It said the world wasn't worthy of the people of the of the least of these, right? right? I know a lot of times we walk around thinking like, you know, oh, you know, because I'm not, you know, I'm not laying hands on people and they're coming back to life and healing. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. You know, that I'm just not special or, 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 or God's not moving in my life or, or I don't believe enough. But God said right here, he said, it's, it, it, and the word was not worthy of those. Those who are, are, are just preaching my word, those who are, who are, who are going forth and, and, and ministering to people, not, you know, it said the world's not worthy of those. Those are being persecuted. Those are being, you know, hurt and beat up. He said the world's not worthy of those. And then God revealed to me and he said, you know, I can do more with your injury. I can do more with your injury than I could if it was healed. That, that, that's what he told me. He said, I can do more with that because with this injury, whether God heals it or not doesn't matter because I know for a fact that I love God and he loves me and I still have joy at the end of the day. And see, that's something that the world doesn't have, right? All right, because the world, if God healed my shoulder, the world could play it off and say, oh, you took a supplement. Oh, you worked out. You did physical therapy. Or, or, or they could play it off in any way they want to, you know. Oh, you know, if he healed someone with cancer, oh, you know, that, that's just a special case, you know. That, that wasn't anything special, blah, blah, blah. You know, that, that's what the world says. But, you know, when I'm walking around with a hurt shoulder and I'm saying praise the Lord and I have a smile on my face and I have true joy in my heart, all right, the world can't duplicate that. All right, the world cannot duplicate that. All right. The world, when, when, when you get beat up in the world, their answer is go to a bottle, all right? Go do a drug, right? That, that's their answer, all right? Be depressed. Sit in your room. Listen to depressing music, you know? Hurt yourself. Think bad thoughts about yourself. Treat other people bad. That's how you deal with a bad situation, right? All right? So, when, you know, so when we walk around and, and, um, and we, we've lost a job. You know, and, and we lost a spouse or we lost a, a child or, 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 or we've been diagnosed with something or something's happened. And we're still walking around with joy. All right. The world can't explain that. All right? they, can't, they can't explain that away. All right. There's no way they can explain that away. All right. Impossible. All right. Because they look at you, they're confused, which is why it's so important that no matter what we go through, 
All right? No matter what we go through, we got to know that God loves us and we love him. And our relationship with him is not, de is not dependent upon what he does or does not do. All right? It is not. So we have, we have to understand that. All right? We have to be like the others. All right? We have to be like the others. All right? Because they're the ones going around and no matter what was going on in their life. Right? No matter what was going on, no matter where they were traveling, no matter what was going on, no matter persecution came against them, they were still saying, praise the Lord. I mean, they would get beat, and they would get scourged, and they'd walk out of the beating, lifting their hands and praising God. They'd be put in jail, and they're singing hymns, and they're praising the Lord. All right? The world can't explain that. The, the guards can't explain that. The prisoners can't explain that. And you know what? And that's what leads to the question, why are you so happy? Why do you have so much joy? Your life is in shambles. Your marriage is a wreck. Your kids are a mess. You have no money. You have no job. You have no health. How are you still happy? How is that possible? I need to know what you have. Because I've tried it all. I've went to drugs. I went to this. I went to that. I went to all these things. I went to all these things. Right? And then nothing works. So it's got to be something. What is it? All right? And you can just tell them, hey, I'm part of the others, all right? I'm part of the others, right? doesn't matter what happens to me, all right? I, I, I'm, I'm hoping for something greater than this. I have a greater hope than this, than what's in this world. And, and, and by no means am I saying that, you know, we shouldn't pray for healing to pray for God to move in situations. I'm not saying that, all right? What I am saying, though, is regardless of whether God does it or does not do it, all right, you don't move. All right, I still love God. I still praise him. I still worship him. I will still jump in the aisles. I'll still come to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every time the doors are open. I'll still be on that prayer line. I will still be at every event, no matter what. No matter what. That is what it is to be the others. All right? That is what it is to be the others. All right? And then, you know, and then we look, and, um, we look to um, what Jesus was talking about, was talking about John. Matthew chapter 11, verse 7 through 11, right? And it says, and as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, all right? What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what, but what went ye out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say to you, and more than a prophet, all right? And to my knowledge... To my knowledge, right, I don't think John went around healing people. I don't think he went around conquering lands. I don't, I don't think he went around, you know, you know, doing anything like that. From what I read and what I see, John went out into the wilderness and he preached the gospel. He said, make ye straight the way of the Lord. And he baptized people into repentance. That is what John did, right? That is what, that, that's what he did. That's what he's known for. Right? Like what Rashad did during the play, he came out and he screamed out, repent, you know? That's what John's known for, right? And so, it said, and so Jesus says, a prophet, he says, yay, I say unto you, and more than a prophet, right? He didn't do it. In our minds, in, in, in the way we think, we think we have to do, you know, these miraculous things and all these great things. All, all, all John did was just, lay, you know, preach the gospel. That, that's all John did. And Jesus said, he's greater than a prophet. Greater than a prophet. All right? And he says, for this is he of whom it is written, behold, I will send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the, thy way before thee. 
Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Think about that. He, he wasn't a David, right? He, he didn't, you know, create a whole kingdom and conquer lands. He wasn't Abraham, you know. He, he wasn't a Noah. He wasn't a Gideon. He wasn't a Samson. He wasn't a Samuel. He, he wasn't any of that. He wasn't an Elisha or Elijah. He wasn't that, right? These are all and, and, and mighty men of God, mighty, mighty men of God, right, that did powerful, mighty works. And Jesus said, who's greater than all them? And all he did was just preach the gospel and tell people to repent, right? And so, and so it says, um, verily I say unto you, oh, no, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he, all right? So John's the greatest man born of woman, Jesus said. But he said those who are even less than him are greater than John, all right? Those who are still fighting, you know, struggling, fighting and still keeping the faith, all right? Those are still here, still walking with God, no matter what the circumstance looks like. Because the world will sit here and look at us and be like, you're a fool. You know, it, it's not working. You're, you're praying for your kids to come back, and they're not coming back. You know, you're fasting for your dad to come back to life, and he's not coming back. You know what? Your, 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 your marriage is a wreck. Give it up. Just get a divorce. It's not a big deal. Go and find somebody else. You, but you're still here. All right? And I'm here to tell you right now that when you take that stand, you are doing more damage to the kingdom of hell than any conqueror that came beforehand. Jesus said, I'll give you the former and the latter reign, right? He said, we're more than conquerors, right? All right, we can do more damage to the kingdom of he to hell when we stand up for God and we can keep in the faith, all right? When we keep the faith, we stand for God no matter what the circumstance. We're doing more damage to the kingdom of hell because guess what? The world can't replicate that. No matter what they do, they can't replicate that at all, all right? So if we are going to walk this walk, if we're going to do what God wants us to do, right, we have to first understand that, you know, our relationship, just like a marriage, you know? When things go bad in a marriage, you don't say, well, you know, I didn't kind of sign up for this. You know, I signed up for, you know, you know, rainbows and sunshines, you know. I'm not quite getting it, you know, or Susie over here has better rainbows, so, you know, you know, it's not working out, so I'm going to walk away, right? If someone told us that, we would be like, what are you talking about, right? Marriage is for better or for worse, right? You know, it, your love's not conditioned upon, you know, what someone is doing or what not doing. It's just, it's there. It's a choice, right? So we need to, today, we need to make a choice that, hey, no matter what the situation, right? No matter what the situation, I'm going to love God. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him at all times, right? I'm going to worship him at all times, when I'm on the job, when I'm at school, I'm not going to walk around depressed with my head hanging low in the mully grubs and dragging myself along and, oh, woe is me, you know. No, 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 no. The world's already doing that, all right? I go to work and I see that all the time. People walking around, oh, gosh, it's so bad, this person, da, 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 da. It's like, no, no. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Man, what are you talking about? This kid just got stabbed in the arm. I'm doing great. God is great. God is good. But your arm's messed up, and God is great, all right? I have my joy. I sleep well at night. You know, I don't need the things of the world. I don't need anything because, you know what, when it's all said and done anyways, God said he's going to give us something even greater, something even greater, all right? So what we need to do is just put our trust and our hope in everything in God and just truly have that faith, that same faith Abraham had, who didn't know what was going on. We said, you know, I'm going to walk, regardless of what the situation looks like. Because the world would have said, Abraham, you know what? You don't need Sarah. 
you know, go ahead and get yourself five, ten other wives. Go ahead and make yourself a kingdom like that. He said, no, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to stay with my wife. We're gonna, I don't care how old she is. God said that's going to happen, right? And, it, and, and he, but once again, he didn't even know if it was going to happen or not, but he still trusted God and walked. So we need to do the same thing, the same thing. All right, so let's walk in faith. Let's be the others. All right, let's be the others. Come on, let's go ahead and put our hands together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What an awesome word. I'm so excited to be a part of the church. Come on, if you believe that, why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. God, you are good. Hallelujah. That's so awesome. You look around this place and, you know, you're going to see so many different people with so many different ministries and so many different reaching. And it's all a part of the body. And I'm so excited to be a part of that. We need the body. And even tonight with just a few people, you get to see the, the differences and how important each of them are. And I'm so excited about that. Hallelujah. Well, our last uh, minister here tonight, but not least, um, is an, a young man that I have known the longest. Um, I've had the privilege of watching him grow up, uh, and, and up did he grow. And uh, he comes from an apostolic family, and he's a former Bible quizzer, as you all saw here the other day. Uh, and uh, not, not only is he just an easygoing individual, and that's when, when, I, when I look at Brother Aaron Rob, I just see somebody who's he's just so nice, he's, he's kind and he's caring, but he's also on fire for God. He loves God. He's anointed. I'm excited to hear what he's going to preach tonight. Would you please welcome to this pulpit, Aaron Rob. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to waste any time tonight. Let's go ahead and just get right into the word. Uh, we're going to be going to John chapter 14, uh, probably verses 12 through 14. And it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And then he goes on and says, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Before you're seated, why don't you just go ahead and turn to your neighbor and ask them, do you want to supersize that today? Just go ahead and ask them. And you can be seated. You see, there are two types of people in this world today. I'm going to get really deep and theological on you. There are those who eat to live. But then on the other side of the coin, there are those who live to eat. And I don't, wanna, I don't think I have to persuade you which side of the coin I fall on today. But my nevertheless, my next statement might be slightly offensive to some of you who fall on that first side of the phrase. If you are a vegan or a uh, health junkie of some sort, you might want to close your ears for this part. But recently, I, I just started going to the gym and my, with my friend Pat, and he's been on to me lately about my diet. And, he, and apparently, a big part of dieting is, or a big part of losing weight is in the diet, so they say. 
But the problem lies in the fact that every once in a blue moon, and I believe this with all my heart, every once in a blue moon, you got to get on your car and you got to take a trip to the Burger King. And once you get into that Burger King, you got to pull in that drive-thru and you got to get yourself a Whopper. I mean, don't do this all the time, trust me. But, but every once in a blue moon, you need to get in there and you need to get yourself a Whopper. And if you go tonight after service and you pull up with your kids and you go to the drive-thru and you order yourself a number one, they're going to ask you the million-dollar question. Would you like that medium or would you like that large? And I'm sure if you really wanted to, you could go ahead and order it small. But in the eyes of Burger King, small is not on the menu. And sometimes when it comes to our relationship with God, small isn't an option. Listen, we serve a big God. We serve a powerful God. And listen, our God is not intimidated by any of your problems, any of your circumstances. And I'm telling you, if you are in this place tonight and you will just feel like you're up to the neck in problems of life and circumstances of life. And, and my brother did this today and my parents are getting on to me about this and, and my, my dad has cancer and, and whatever it may be. God is a big God who is here tonight and he wants to take care of your issues. And throughout the Bible, we see stories of our big God tackling what seems to be these big problems. In 2 Kings, we see our big God at work. There was a certain woman uh, who had a husband who died, and it was just her and her two kids left, right? And she accumulated a certain debt level, and, and if she didn't pay this, these two creditors were going to come, and they were going to take her kids away and put them in slavery. And, and so she's talking to Elisha here. And she says, Elisha, you knew my husband, your servant, how he feared the Lord. And Elisha asked her the question, what am I supposed to do about this? But knowing that God, the, knowing the God that he served, he asked the follow-up question. What do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? And, and the scripture tells us that all she had was a, a jar of oil. But in verse 3 it says this, and I love this. It says, then Elisha said, go outside Borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. I said, don't, don't get a few. If I could just go ahead and borrow from the, from the USF Aaron commentary, if that's all right. Elisha said, Elisha said, you need to, listen, you need to go to the highways. You need to go to the byways. You need to go to your neighbors, your uncles, your aunts. And you need to grab every single vessel you can find because God's about to do something in your life that you ain't never seen before. And he's going to... And now is not the time to cheat yourself on a miracle. Get every single vessel you have. And I, I can imagine that her and her sons, they went all over grabbing all sorts of vessels, big and small. And they get them all in this house. And Elisha tells her, grab that, grab that jar of oil and just start pouring. Just start pouring. And, and I, can, I can't imagine the look on her face as she pours that first vessel. And it you know, gets all the way full. And then she moves to the second. And then to the third. And then... You know, as she fills up the last one, she turns to her son, and she's like, We're, we need another vessel. And he said, that's the last one. And then the prophet instructed her to sell the oil and pay her debts, and they could live off the rest. In a moment where the widow woman thought all, thought all would be lost, God stepped in. And it's important to point out, though, that if she would have brought in ten vessels, she would have had ten vessels filled with oil. 
She would have brought in a hundred vessels. She would have had a hundred vessels filled with oil. God met the woman at the level of her faith and her expectation, which leads me to the question, which leads me to the question, what do you and I expect from God today? Not in the sense that God owes us anything, but rather, what do you believe that God can do in your life right now? For, uh, for the last two years, I, I spent, I was living in Tampa, going to school, and I was uh, with my uh, pastor over there by the name of Tom Drummond, and he would, he would always tell me, you preach it constantly to me. You have to embrace the ridiculous when it comes to your relationship with God. And we serve a big God, so why not have big expectations? In Matthew chapter 14, we find the disciples busy adding up all the hungry people that they thought they would need to send away. But the whole time, Jesus was looking to multiply the miracle. What a big expectation to feed 5,000 people when the only food you have is a couple of loaves of bread and some fish. A small miracle just wouldn't cut it this time. They needed Jesus to do something big. And I want to wonder, I'm wondering in the house tonight that if there's anybody here who needs something big from God, something where the, the small is nice, and, and I like when he blesses me here, and I, I like when he blesses me, but sometimes, God, I just need you to step in and take over. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I love the little miracles. I love them. And, and I'm not trying to minimize any of that, but I, I'm not just satisfied that with that because I want to see God heal cancer. I want to see God deliver the struggling alcoholic. I want to see God bless our businesses. I want to see God save lost family members. Come on, I want to see people delivered, people healed, people set free. I want to I see, I don't want just the little blessings. I want everything that God has for us. In John chapter 5, Jesus approaches this pool of Bethesda. We're all kinds of people who had some sort of affliction laid down. And Jesus approaches one of the men there and asks if he was, and asks if, if he wanted to be healed today. And, and the man began to just rattle off a list of excuses why he wasn't healed yet. And, you know, I would have been healed, but there was no one there to help me in. And every time the, the pool waters would be troubled by the angel that came down, uh, you know, someone always beat me to the punch. They got in before me. And... And I feel like some of us can suffer from the same affliction because we, we have problems that are in our lives for so long that we just come to accept them. This man had been sitting by the pool for the last 38 years, and, and his same excuse is there was no one here to let me in. Uh, just, I guess, a, a, a somewhat of a similar story for me is uh, I, have a, I have a cousin, and, and I remember you know, middle school and high school and, and every single night before I go to bed, man, God, I want you to save him, Lord. You know, God, and he moved across the country. And I'd be like, God, God, won't you just put someone in his path? God, won't you, God, just, uh, Lord, lead him to you, God, somehow, God, some way. And then, you know, after high school, you know, we stopped staying in contact and I, you know, stopped praying and I, and, and I almost gave up on, on the expectation that God could do what he told me he could do. And, you know, I, I can't stand here and say that he's saved today, but I can sit here and say that just because God didn't answer my prayer doesn't mean he can't do it. And just because this man was laying there for 38 years doesn't mean one encounter with Jesus didn't change his whole world. Listen, and, and if you're here today and you have unanswered prayers, 
things that you've been, you have been battling for years and you just came to accept them today. You said, well, that's just how life is. I guess this is just my cross to carry. I guess this is just my burden to bear. Well, I want to tell you today that it all it takes is just one moment in the presence of God, just a level of faith to say, God, I believe, Lord, that you can do anything. Whether it be physical, spiritual, psychological, financial, God has an answer for it today. I want to close right here. Uh, if the music, music can go ahead and come if you want. Jesus was talking to his disciples in John chapter 14. And, and this is the verse I started with. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And that's really cool to me. Because, like, we can see what Jesus did. You know, we read about it. We're like, man, we can do, we have that same power. But what's cooler to me is what he says next. Because he goes, greater works than these shall ye do. Because I go unto my Father. I mean, that's scripture. And we either believe it or we don't. You know, I don't want to see, I mean, I, I want to see the little miracles. And I want to see that. But I want to be a part of the greater things. I want to be a part of, of the people uh, just coming off the streets and, and wandering into a church and, and being filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to be a part of, of cancer being cast out and diabetes being destroyed. I want to be a part of, of alcoholics and, and, and drug addicts and, and, and all sorts of, of, of things like that being delivered. I want the greater things. If we could all stand in this place today. Come on, why don't you just go ahead and lift your hands to the Lord right now. Come on. Why don't you just go ahead and begin to give him some praise? Come on, why don't you go ahead and worship him? He's here today. Come on, he wants to touch you. He wants to minister to you. Come on, there's an abundant God in this place who wants to bless abundantly. And if, you, if there is any sickness in your body or you're going through a problem or a situation that you don't think you can handle on your own, this altar is open for you today. If you want to be a part of the greater things that God has in store for your life, this altar is open for you today. If you just want more for God, this altar is open for you today. Come on, why don't someone just step out in faith and say, God, use me, God, for the greater thing. God, I want to see my friends saved. God, I want to see my coworkers saved. Come on, I want to see people healed. Oh, mighty God. We've heard from the Lord tonight. I want to tell you, we need every part of what was spoken here this evening. Brother Petru came up here and talked about the faith of obedience. Stepping out on the promises of God. Brother Faircloth talked to us about the faith of standing. That no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, if you'll stand, you'll bring glory to God, glory to the kingdom. Brother Aaron just spoke to us about the faith of believing for greater. We need every single one of these. We need the faith to step out when God gives a promise in obedience. We need the faith to stand when things are not going our way. And we need the faith to believe God for greater in our life. Whatever phase you find yourself in and how God used these three young men here tonight, why don't you reach out to him right now? Maybe you find yourself 
in that first phase where God's made a promise, but you haven't really stepped out on it. You haven't really walked in that faith, believing and trusting God, even though you don't see tomorrow, even though you don't understand or know what's coming. You're just walking by faith. You're just trusting God. Or maybe you've stepped out. Maybe you've believed God. But things are a little chaotic right now. You're not sure what to do or how to handle it. God's come to give you that faith to stand. Stand against adversity. Stand against the pain of the heart and mind. Stand against persecution. Stand when things are falling apart. Stand and believe God. Hallelujah. Maybe the Lord's dealing with you tonight about that greater faith, about reaching out. Believe in God for greater. Believe in God to do mighty, powerful things. I say let's release that right now in the Holy Ghost. Father, we love you. We praise you. We adore you. We magnify you tonight. Thank you for the powerful word of God we've heard. Thank you for the powerful word of God we've heard. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, what a mighty God. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. He's in this place. He's in this place. Release that faith. Release that faith. Release that faith.
that faith is here tonight, the Lord will do it. That way tonight. I give you all of me. Everything, 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 everything. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. Let's do that right now. Let's do that, everybody, everybody. Cry it out to him. I give you all. I give you all, Lord. I give you all. I give you all, Lord. I give you all. We love you tonight. Thank you for this word we've heard. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, let's send that praise. Let's send up some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout faith to obey. Shall faith to stand, shall faith to believe. My 
Ah, these three young men did awesome tonight, didn't they? Hallelujah. Now, before you dismiss, we're going to pray one more prayer. This coming Friday is the most important youth event that this church has all year. There'll be, it fluctuates. We've had as little as 600. We've had as many as 1,000 uh, come to uh, this uh, rock event. And so we don't know, but we do know this. God wants to touch them, give direction in their life. Listen, there's going to be young people here Friday night whose home life is disastrous. Divorce, one parent lives for God, maybe neither parent lives for God. They may live in extreme poverty conditions. All kinds of adversities and difficulties and peer pressures. But there's something about when all these kids come together in one place. Oh, when God looks down from heaven, do you know what He sees in this building? The potential to change the world. That's what He sees. The potential to change the world. He looks down upon these young people and He knows the calling and gifts that He has for each and every one of them. And He wants them to walk in His will. So we're going to pray together right now. I mean, we're going to pray here for the next few minutes. And we are going to ask God to use our speaker, Brother Tess Stewart, to anoint him, anoint his lips, his mind, his heart. And when he opens his mouth, the word of God comes out and hearts are changed. There could be over a hundred young boys and girls that need the Holy Ghost here on Friday night. And we watched God just a few years ago fill 124 in one night. Filled them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of speaking in tongues. We know God can do it. There's going to be young men and women here looking for direction. Feel a call on their life but not sure what to do with it. There's going to be men and women here Friday night who are going to receive the calling for the first time in their life. God is going to speak into their heart and into their souls. Faith, gifts of faith and are going to be given wisdom and knowledge and we're just going to see miraculous things take place as the word of God goes forth. And in this altar, we're going to cover that service with prayer. With prayer right now. And in the morning, Brother, Brother Corinthian, that's going to be one of our main focuses with morning prayer is the service uh, for Rock. So I want you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder or hold their hand, whatever you want to do. I want us to link across this altar. And throughout this congregation, I, I hope for a moment somehow we can just, God can touch our hearts with a burden. As though that was your son, your daughter, who needed to be touched, who needed direction. Ah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Lord, we travail before you tonight. Because, Lord, here in a couple of evenings, hundreds and hundreds of young people from all over the state of Florida are going to gather into this building. Jesus we need you God what we need done music cannot do it oration cannot do it special effects will never get it done good music won't make it happen but the power of God, the power of your spirit moving across this congregation will change the hearts and minds of young men and women. Some of them contemplating giving up on God. They're going to be changed Friday night. Some thinking about suicide. They're going to be changed Friday night. Some of them feeling inadequate. Can't get the job done. Not worthy. They're going to be changed Friday night. Come on, church. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Pray the power down. Pray the power down. Pray the power down. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Move through the preacher Friday night. Move through the preacher Friday night. Let the word of God go forth. It'll never come back void. Call men and women into the ministry. Call them into servanthood. Call these young men and women, God, into serving the kingdom of God, working in the kingdom of God, living God for you with all their heart, all their soul. Hey, only God can do that. Only God can do that. Woo! I believe in being prepared and we have a rock team that's worked hard to make all this happen. But what we need to take place Friday night, only he can do it. So on Thursday, we're asking for our adults to, if you'll fast with us tomorrow, believe in God for the service on Friday. We appreciate it if you can. I know it's a sudden question. Uh, real quick, uh, what word am I looking for? Short notice. <laughs> Short notice. But if you can, and if you're planning on fasting tomorrow, then I encourage you to pick up some wings on the way out and eat them tonight. There's some Cajun wings, some barbecue wings, and some nachos, right? Not tacos, nachos. And... Uh,
that's to help buy that camera. Were we blessed tonight or what? Amen. And how about that special right over there from Sister Powell? My Lord. Brother Powell, that's how I know God is a miracle worker. The fact that she can be your child and still sing like that is a miracle. I love you. love every one of you. God bless you. Greet one another. Be kind to one another. Did we take the offering up tonight? We did? Okay. God bless you. Be good. Be kind. Greet one another. Speak well to one another. Give me my teardown crew. We need to tear this platform down. Encourage one another. Uplift one another. Speak well of one another.